Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. If you are interested in transformational work, such as plant medicine, psychedelics, breath work, meditation, somatic practices, cold exposure, yoga, and more, then my friends, you are in the right place. Welcome to The Vital Point, the podcast that is for practitioners as well as people new to transformational work looking curiously for more information and guidance. So if you are new to this type of work, uh, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I am an integration coach and breathwork facilitator. I've also been meditating for about 20 years and um, do some mindfulness instruction as well. So this podcast um, brings you leaders in the fields of transformational work, whether that's um, psychedelics and plant medicine work, breath work, or a myriad of other types of modalities. And my goal with this podcast is to not only introduce you to new modalities and practices, but help spark your curiosity to go out and actually practice them. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of the show. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. So happy that you're here. My guest today is a force in the psychedelic and integration community. And if you've been around for any length of time, you probably have come across him and his work. My guest is Daniel Shankin, founder of Mount Tam Integration, known on Instagram as at TAM Integration. Daniel uh, hosts a wide variety of integration activities. He's active on Clubhouse, uh, where he hosts integration circles. He hosts in-person circles at various uh, locations in the U.S. And he's put together several summits um, that bring together both well-known and uh, lesser-known practitioners and leaders in the psychedelic integration field. His latest effort that's coming up is the Mount Tam Integration Jam, and uh, that's coming up at the end of May. Super cool three-day event. Um, A lot of really awesome guests on this one. And um, as he mentions in the podcast, uh, when you become a member for a site, you know you get access to um, not only you know current stuff, but also a backlog of these different talks and workshops with uh, different leaders and practitioners in the psychedelic field. So I definitely recommend if you're unfamiliar with him to check him out. And really enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Not only did we talk about integration and the practice of meditation, why meditation is so important in this context, but we really got into um, humor and humor in the integration process, humor on the path of enlightenment and humor as a key skill for being a human being. And I really appreciate that about Daniel's approach. So. Hope you enjoy this episode of The Vital Point with Daniel Shankin. 
So uh, welcome to the Vital Point podcast. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk all about different types of transformational practice, uh, from breathwork to psychedelics to ice baths, meditation, you name it. If it's transformational, we're, we're on it. And today I am honored to uh, have as a guest, Daniel Shankin, the founder of TAM Integration. So Daniel, welcome to the hey. podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, yeah, so to start off with, um, just uh, tell us about TAM Integration. How did that come about? Uh, what are you guys all about? What's your mission and all the things? Well, our mission is really just to speed people along on their path mm. and to do that in a way that is kind of safe and sane and well-grounded and the like. And what that looks like is we offer a lot of services and education around integration and preparation. Um, well, not the least of which coming up, we have something called the Integration Jam, which is three days of just the celebration of good practice. We have about 50 speakers from all over the world talking about their approaches to preparation and integration. And people who are curious about that can go to integrationjam.com and it is May 20th, the 22nd and it's online. Awesome. Yeah, I was checking out the uh, website and the, the lineup looks incredible. A lot of really cool speakers and um, people that I recognized. Um, I'm actually in a coaching program right now with Beth Weinstein. I know she's one of your uh, presenters and uh, Joe Tafour. It's really cool people. Yeah, we have um, a lot of, we try to keep a really good mix of people you've heard of and people you haven't. You know, hopefully, you know, you come for Joe Tafur and you stay for India Mayorga. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I know when I was looking and doing some research, um, like on on your uh, on your company, on your on your services, I noticed that on your website you sort of list uh, TAM integration as deeply intuitive integration, and I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about what that means. What is deeply intuitive um, mean to you? Deeply intuitive. In terms of integration. Right. Well, intuition seems to be, for me, a quality of presence, right? So when we pay attention and listen and watch very deeply, we have access to all kinds of information that we don't ordinarily. A lot of the time we are simply coming from our pre-programmed reactive processing. Uh, you know, where we're just kind of seeing life through our stories. And so the practice of, you know, a coach or somebody of that nature to work actively to dismantle their stories and their agendas so that they can see the client more clearly and allows for uh, information that to come through that is more insightful than otherwise. Hmm. That makes sense. So yeah. I think in intuition. Is, I'm not claiming any psychic powers necessarily. You know, it's, it's just a practice of um, using, you know, processing more information. Mm -hmm. than we would ordinarily if we're not paying close, close attention. Yeah, and I, I, it's, I think just from, you know, coming to some of your online 
groups, there's there's something to your approach of allowing the space for people to um, not only just be heard and express them, you know, express their experiences, but like allowing the meaning that they have um, to kind of unfold without without judgment or without you know your your sort of um, necessarily like your opinion, right? Is is that correct? Yes. One of my least favorite things is when people tell me what other stuff means. You know, I, I, it's not for me to decide, you know, what the, the demons in your visions are about. <laughs> I, I can sometimes relate, you know, but I, I would never tell anybody, oh, well, that represents your mom, you know, or that means this, or that means this. It's not for, it's not for me. It's, it's not particularly interesting even for me to just make pronouncements um, you know, a good coaching process, I believe, is about um, evocation, it is about, you know, assisting a client in excavating uh, their own wisdom. Hmm. And then you, they can't do that if I'm telling you stuff, right? Um, you know, the, the, the teaching component and the, the reading component should, should be really, really light. I love that. And I feel like it, uh, you know, could relate to, you know, the reason that I named the podcast, The Vital Point, is uh, there's a Dzogchen Buddhist teaching um, called The Three Statements That Strike the Vital Point. And it originally was like this teaching that was sort of given by the Dzogchen master on his deathbed. And it's literally three, three lines. And then I, you know, within the... Is it be honest, do your best, have fun? <laughs> I mean, it could be. Yeah, pretty much. What are, what are the three lines? Um, I would have to actually get up and 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 grab the books just so I don't uh, misquote it. Um, it's more about like the sort of the nature of, of ultimate reality. But mm -hmm. in the book that I have, you know, th there's the teaching, and it's just these three lines, right? But then there's a short commentary that's like a page. There's a medium commentary that's a few pages. And then there's a long commentary that's, you know, tens of pages. And so I thought, wow, that's just kind of interesting that, you know, you different people are going to interpret this teaching that originally was just three sentences, um, these different ways. And, um, you know, in terms of integration, in terms of transformation, I, I thought that there was some some parallel there. Um, not to mention that, you know, with within all of it, um, to me, the vital point is that you have to like actually apply uh, and, and, and practice whatever modality, you know, that, that it is, whether it's meditation, breath work, um, these are not things that we can just, um, you know, read about. We actually have to like, you know, meditate on them or uh, and apply them. Uh, yeah, you can't just buy it and wear it. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, I, and I, I think, um, you know, meditation kind of plays a big part in, in your approach and, and your services as well. Is that, is that accurate? It is. Yeah. The thing about meditation is that you can do it every day. It turns out to become more of the path than psychedelics, you know, which you can do sometimes, you know, and the, the insights of course last forever and they come quick, but psychedelics without some sort of practice is a, is a dead end. Hmm. There's not going to be anything there. You're going to, you know, you're going to be left with dust. 
if you're not continually, you know, making it happen on a regular basis. You're just going to be left with like relics and fossils of old experiences. Yeah, and isn't it interesting that like, even though those those insights or the, you know, downloads, whatever you want to call them, that occur within psychedelics can, they happen so fast. Um, sometimes like, like, I feel like there are things that I'm integrating from journeys and ceremonies that I had years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and so it's, it's definitely not like necessarily a, a quick process. I can go back and look at journals that I wrote, you know, right after, you know, particular mushroom journeys or ayahuasca ceremonies that like, looking back on it years later, I'm like, wow, this is still unfolding. This is still, I'm still learning things or there's still things that I like, had this little inkling about back then that have continued to unravel and unfold in this very beautiful way. And um, so yeah, like, I think that meditation is definitely one of the most powerful ways to continue to let that process continue. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that meditation looks at a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Uh, it's sometimes people will try a form of meditation that doesn't really work for them. And then they write it off entirely when there's a bajillion other ways um, it was at Rumi who said there's a million ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Mm. Yeah, I have, I have a friend that she has a version of that, which is like, you know, there's, there's many different paths to the top of the mountain, you know, you know, everybody's not going the same on the same journey on the same path. Yeah, just um, take a couple of steps, you know, just take some steps. So with meditation, that's you that you, you kind of you, you would recommend people try out different methods until they kind of find something that resonates with them? Oh, well, well yeah, that seems better than just doing a practice that you hate, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think, I think that kind of leads me into sort of the second thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is um, humor. Okay. Uh, like, you seem to have a great sense of humor about your practice and about integration and psychedelic work. Um, I loved a, a meme that you posted recently that said like, if, if you're, I think it said, if your sa sacred space doesn't have room for humor, it's neither safe nor sacred. Right. And it had a picture of a dog wearing a hat, <laughs> yeah. wearing like a sacred hat or something like that. Well, it was great. I was in uh, Denver over the weekend and I was at the art museum and there's uh, like an indigenous uh, art uh, gallery there and um, specifically like the indigenous tribes of like the northwest Canada, the Canadian border um, and like Alaska area. And so they have these huge, like these huge um, sort of totem carvings that we went like floor to ceiling. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, a, it didn't look like a dog, but there was a, a creature on the top of one of these totems that looked like he had the same hat. <laughs> and I that was those, immediately I think those things are so beautiful. I really, really think they're very, very cool. Yeah. So what is it about humor that like, like how does that fit into the integration or just, you know, in, into life? Well, you know, I was blessed with, you know, a, a good coping mechanism for 
dealing with my distress. You know, humor, humor is, uh, you know, it, humor can come from a lot of different places. You know, some of it's joy. Some of it is to um, make sense of that which is difficult, right? And so that's just always been a thing, you know. So I'm, I'm, I try to laugh a lot and things seem strange to me, right? The cosmic joke um, is real for me. Um, and so I just, I just kind of embrace it. And I'm not, not, not sure exactly how to answer the question. It's, it's really, really broad. Um, and I almost feel like I should have something funny to say about it. <laughs> um, but people like to laugh. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something like just following your, your page content. Um, the memes that you post, I find to be very profound sometimes and humorous, you know, like some, I think when I look at meme accounts, sometimes they're just kind of humorous or like, mm -hmm. I mean, God, we're just coming out of this weird, like cultural zeitgeist moment of, you know, Will Smith at the Oscars. And I'm sure just like, like me, your, your feed probably within the last couple of days has just been nothing but uh, Will Smith memes. Did you see um, the Will Smith meme I made? I did not. No, I didn't make one. <laughs> yeah, so so is there it was was that intentional? Is that a specific was there a specific reason behind that? I don't want to be involved. So yeah, that's so that's I don't know I don't I don't know how that conversation is going to support somebody's psychedelic experience in any kind of way. Yeah, or the, the psychedelic scene or situation. It just didn't seem like something that was right for me to play around with. I just didn't want it. I guess that's that's kind of where I'm going is like, you know, like there, there, there are certain trends, right? There's certain sort of themes or maybe low hanging fruit that memes can follow. And I find looking at the memes that you make that there's, they're not quite that low hanging fruit that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of wisdom in there. And there's a lot of like, it's almost like you're teaching in a way, like um, without like saying like, hey, this is what you need. Um, I, I at least find a lot of profundity and a lot of um, wisdom in those memes. And um, well, you're, you're kind. I mean, I don't know how much wisdom I have to share or not share, but um, it's, it's nice that the thing can be a, a highly encoded information. Like you can get a lot of information into a meme if you try. Right. You know, you can, you can add, you can add some layer and you can add some nuance and it's possible. Um, you know, how much wisdom there is. I don't know that that probably is different on any given day. But Well, I think, you know, for me, like one of the the indications that you're on to something with the memes is, you know, just looking through the comments of your memes, I usually find at least, well, at least the ones that I find very profound, at least one person that um, seems to be triggered mm -hmm. uh, by, by the memes. And that to me is humorous in and of itself, because, you know, just it, like you said, it's it's kind of a joke. It's it's a, it's an easy way to um, to digest information, and 
especially when we're when you're talking about things that are you know just um maybe asking maybe just asking like hey like look let's look at this and look at it in this humorous way right. it's just kind of interesting that um that, that someone would get triggered by it and maybe there's an invitation there to to take a deeper look at you know what what is it that that you find triggering about this well uh, sure i mean i take no joy in upsetting people i'm not, I'm not trying to upset people um, i'm occasionally wanting to offer social commentary right there's systems that you know there, there's things at play that i don't care for right I'm, i have opinions i have opinions like everybody else um and then sometimes you know i'm i'm not i'm different versions of myself on any given day right and sometimes i'm very you know i'm well meditated i'm, I'm highly meditated and very calm and centered and sometimes um, i'm blurting stuff out because i need to you know offload some energy or some emotion you know so different things happen at different times um but i'm not trying i'm not trying to hurt anybody you know yeah. um and that said you know it's a complex world and people in our community are hurting in the wider community in the psychedelic community um and people do have a lot of their own stuff going on and um i can't always be responsible for that you know sure um you know it, it's always the interesting thing is that in in the yoga community i, I remember reading a yoga calendar like 1997 or something like that and there these were sort of like some of the first like famous yoga people and they had a calendar at you know the health food store and it said yoga is the and i was practicing and i was like a baby yoga practitioner and it said yoga is the process of putting yourself into positions and shapes where you would ordinarily freak out and then you don't freak out and i like that and what it spoke to was that, you know, it's my responsibility to not freak out at situations that would ordinarily freak me out, you know, because of course I want to like avoid being harmed and I don't want to harm anybody else, but we often our, we're not calibrated right. Most of us are not calibrated right. I don't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> we react to things that are not life and death like they're life and death right and there's you know all of these stories for example of like tibetan buddhist monks being you know attacked by the chinese and meeting it with a lot of grace and a lot of kind of compassion and a lot of composure and i don't know if that's the right thing to do or not i'm not passing judgment on i don't know what people's motivations are necessarily I don't know what the right thing to do is. I do know that I want to have more compassion and more grace in how I respond to things. And to remember that I don't know people's motivations most of the time mm -hmm. is that I'm, you know, often just making up stories. This comes back to the intuition, right. right? My intuition is impacted by the way I tell stories to myself about any given thing, you know, and ascribe, you know, negative motivations or, just act like I'm in danger. I'm usually not in danger. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, it's, it's definitely, it was, it's definitely sort of aligned to part of my observation about it, especially like, um, you know, as a Buddhist practitioner, there's a lot of stories of, especially in like, you know, you mentioned the contemporary, more contemporary situation of, you know, monks meeting oppressors and oppression with, with humor. And um, <clears throat> even within like, you know, sort of the lineage holders, there's these just outrageously funny stories um, of these, you know, enlightened masters bringing a lot of humor um, mm -hmm. into their teachings. And some of the most, some of the most enlightened people in my observation are the funniest. You know, that's mm -hmm. certainly not, um, it's, it's not limited to Buddhism in, in, in any way, shape or form. But, you know, well, there's- Can there's, I just say one thing? Yeah. Trippy Mate 710, I like your username and your image. Will you like, do some, will you remind me that you exist, Trippy Mate 710? <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so it's just, you know, there's, there's to me, there's, there's something about um, just, you know, maybe the amount of... Can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. Um, there, I was dating this woman and she was doing a, like a Buddhist retreat with this traveling Lama. And I was doing something else. I was working. I couldn't do the retreat, but there was sort of this after party for like the inner circle and like the people who I guess donated more money or so, something like that. There was like a special right. sort of like cocktail hour at, at a, like a hotel bar. It was like catered with vegetarian finger foods and stuff. And it was me and this woman and we were the youngest people there. Um, it was probably late thirties and she was early thirties. And then it was a bunch of people in their fifties who were very serious and sour and and the vibe was weird and we're hanging out and I'm sort of staying off to the side because I'm just a plus one you know I don't and and at some point he called me over and he made me sit down next to him and he looked at me and he said did you were you just in Nepal and at first I thought that he was psychic but I later realized she probably told him that I had been in Nepal that winter and I was like, yeah, I was in Nepal. And he was like, I was in Nepal recently too. And, um, you know, and, and I was like, that's, that's amazing. What did you do there? And he looked at me and he goes, I smoked hash. <laughs> <laughs> and we both started laughing. I was like, that's what I did in Nepal too. And he hit my leg and he goes, like a good yogi. <laughs> and then we're just laughing and then he started telling me about his record collection and I collect vinyl and he collects vinyl and he had one of the first pressings of Exile on Main Street and now we're talking about classic rock and roll and all of these sour old ladies and men were sort of looking at us surprised as we're just fooling around and you know I got the sense that this you know this guy is a guy you know, he's borderline, he's borderline enlightened, right? He's basically enlightened and he's got to schlep around, you know, all, to all of these cities, you know, spreading these teachings with all of these people who are suffering so much. And it's the after party. 
and he just wants to chill out. And so it's really, how do we, you know, differentiate between when it's the serious work day and when it's the after party? And, you know, can we even work that into our psychedelic experiences? Are there times for our psychedelic experiences that are um, work and soul searching and, you know, where we're really kind of digging in and letting, you know, putting the knit to the grit and other times where we could, we could celebrate you know, and is that is okay to let ourselves have both? So that's yeah, great. yeah, and 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 you know, just the the humor of being a human being. You know, like <laughs> you said, like okay, here's this here's this you know person that's borderline enlightened, but at the <laughs> end of the day, they're also still a human you know human being in in a meat suit, just like you and me. <laughs> and I I yeah, I've had not the same experience, but sort of the similar observation of like the maybe the focus and the stories that people are telling themselves about how they should treat these enlightened beings and you know like get especially within like tibetan buddhism like um putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable in terms of like well i'm gonna i'm gonna really get hung up on the tibetan cultural uh traditions that I have no context to because I'm an American and like, oh, you can't do that. You can't be talking to this person or you can't relate to them like a human being because, you know, they're this Tibetan Lama and, you know, they're, they're just people just like you and me, um, maybe, yeah. you know. If, if I had had herb, we probably would have ended up in the Parson garage. <laughs> you probably would have left them all behind. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a, I think that's a good place to kind of put a pin in this uh, session. Um, thank you so much for, for being with us and for, sure. for sharing your experience. Um, so if, if people are interested in going to the, the TAM integration jam or working with you, um, going to your circles or any of the other things that you're doing, where, where should they go? Well, I mean, there's probably a button to click right on here. So depending, if you're on Instagram, right, you can just connect to me through Instagram. Um, TAMintegration.com is the website. We also have a member site. We have something like, you know, 200 hours of education that, you know, you can, people can get access to for $9 a month or $90 a year. And if you go to TAM.zone, you can join, you can enter the TAM zone. And uh, there's a bunch of free stuff on the website too. There's all kinds of things that, um, are available to people. Awesome. Daniel, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. Um, thank you to the audience that joined us uh, live on Instagram. And if you are listening to the replay on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps push us up in the algorithm. This is episode 28. So we're just getting started and uh, hopefully moving oh. right along. Yeah. Follow my friends who are watching. Nicole Mosley is following, and Omalewa, the entheogenic midwife, is watching. Follow them. Chris Far Farrell, he's pretty great. You can follow him. And I guess all of you follow each other. Um, <laughs> that's who I recognize right off the bat. Thank great. you so much, Jonathan. This was, this was fun. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. Really appreciate it, and it's a great way to start the day. All right. Awesome. Uh, be well. Yeah, take care. Bye.
Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. I hope that you not only enjoyed it, but that you feel inspired to go and do some practice of your own. You know, whether that is something that is a part of your regular routine, like meditation or breath work, or trying something new, like uh, taking an ice bath or starting a new mindset practice. Maybe you feel curious to something that you've been called to try, you know, working with a new teacher, a new facilitator, or maybe even working with uh, psychedelics or plant medicine in whatever way is safe and legal for you where you live. My hope is that you are, you know, curious and continue to expand your transformational practice and that this podcast inspires you to continue doing that. As always, if you can follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, it definitely helps. And if you can leave a review, even just a few reviews really help to push the podcast up in the algorithm and help make it more visible to more people. I'd love it if you shared it with your friends, if you're finding it valuable or interesting. As always, follow me at Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram, all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support integrating or preparing for self-development and transformational practice, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or at Instagram to set up a discovery call for Instagram coaching. Until next time, thank you, be well, and keep practicing. That's the vital point.